following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. Welcome to the Lucha Outsider Show All Out Recap Edition. I am the heel, the seals, the deal, the villain that stays chilling, the anti-hero, the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R. And I'm joined by the returning. He is the voice of the Mark Organization, all right? He is the king of hamburger meat. He has an addiction for contradiction for Suplex City, bitch. <laughs> yo, 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 let me speak on this. What's good, what's good, man? Thank you for... Accommodating my crazy-ass schedule, Mario. I appreciate it, man. Nah, it's cool, bro. Listen, I think based on some of the slap dicks <laughs> that, that listen to this show or watch us on Facebook Live, I'm the type of person that I keep everything private, right? So right. I don't want to put your shit out there like that. That's not me. And I know you, you did like a publication on your personal Facebook and maybe some people know kind of where your heads is at, but like... I'm not the same person to put somebody else's business out there. That's just me, all right? That has nothing to do with the podcast. That has nothing to do with, with anything. Not even, it has anything to do with my friendship. Like, what do I look like putting somebody else's business out there? So, like, I know right. you've been going through some stuff or whatever, and there's some some changes or whatever. I don't want it to be, like, a kind of misconception, like you're out of the show or anything like that. Because you're not out of the show. Like, we still tag you on our posts and stuff like that. Like, you're not out of the show. You just, you know. We're, we're human. We're, we we go through certain things. So, you know, you're going through some stuff, and I don't want you to feel left out or anything, but hey, you're making it to to this all-out recap, so if, if you want to address anything or you want to say anything before we go into, like, all the matches and stuff, go ahead. Yeah, man. It's just been a, it's been a crazy year. Um, my health has gotten a little crazy. Uh, I, I know the people that listen to us have known that I've been struggling with my stomach, and that's been popping up recently. Also, you know, I've already covered that I had a career change, so my schedule doesn't really line up with Mario and Leo's um, schedule as much anymore. So we're going to try and move forward, trying to slip me into some of these, uh, like, special episodes, you know what I mean? But I'm going to try my best to make as many episodes as I can. And, man, this summer I lost two friends, you know, a uh, childhood friend uh, by the name of Stefan Nicholas, rest in peace, and another friend named uh, Joel Velez, rest in peace. His, um, his viewing and uh, ser- service was today. Couldn't make it because it's actually my daughter's birthday, my older twin's birthday. So we had a birthday party here, and, you know, with COVID and everything like that, it's just, it's just been crazy trying to get out to these 
to these funerals and services and things. And, you know, my, my father passed this year. It's just, it's just been crazy, crazy, crazy year for me. So, um, you know, like I said, we're going to try and get me in on some of these uh, episodes moving forward as, as much as possible. But, you know, I'm always there in spirit. You know what I mean? Oh, nah, man. L- listen, dude. Listen. I don't got to tell you, like, on the show, like, what your friendship means to me and stuff like that. Like, listen, we're, we're, we're here for each other or whatever. But, like, I just don't... I want to let the, the friends of the show, some of the slapdicks that listen to the show. It's not like you're out of the show. You're going through some stuff. And I'm glad that you addressed a, a little bit. Kayfabe it a little bit because you don't want to put everything out there. Because people don't need to know what you're going through exactly into detail just like some people don't need to know what need to know what i'm going through in detail or what leo's going through in detail it's good to keep some certain things close to the vest if you know what i mean but i'm glad you address whatever you you address i'm sure whenever people listen to this podcast they're going to be happy that they're hearing your voice because you are the voice of positivity if you know what i mean well we're doing this all out recap (laughs) i'm not gonna lie man I, I don't have too much positive stuff to say. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, before we, we jump ahead, alright, there was two pre-show matches. There was Joey Janela, our guy from New Jersey, versus Sir, Sir Pentago, and then there was uh, Private Party, Dark Orders, Alex Reynolds, and John Silver. Before we get into the main card, is there anything you want to say in your part of these two matches? Uh, you know, I actually set my alarm because I took a nap. Oh, then you're getting a congratulations there. <laughs> Yo, let me tell you how mad I was. I woke up at like 7.30 and missed a Joey match, but I did catch the end of the Private Party uh, Dark Order. I understand, um, you know, Private Party is definitely one of their, their marquee tag teams or whatever, but the way that they booked the Dark Order at the the end of that one episode where uh, Cody got beat for the TV championship or the TNT championship. Yep. It almost felt like, okay, here we go. We're going to start seeing the Dark Order feel like more of a, a you know, legitimate heel stable that, right. you know, it's going to start collecting wins. I was totally expecting, you know, three and four to get the win tonight. And that's party going over. I'm just like, okay, here we go. We're back. We're back to our regular scheduled programming here. You know, it was an okay tag match, but, uh, you know, I, I didn't think Private Party should have went over, you know. I, I feel like, you know, if you're going to go full throttle with the Dark Order and make them feel like a legitimate heel faction, keep it going. Keep the momentum going. And right. Tonight, that did not fucking happen at all. Right. But we'll well, get into talk, We did talk about the Dark Order and Brody Lee's win over the TNT Championship in one of our previous episodes, which you could... You know, listen and download wherever you get your podcast needs on demand. So we're not going to go into detail with that. But I do agree with you. If they're going full-fledged with the Dark Order, why not give them the win? No disrespect to Private Party. No disrespect to Private Party. Those are our guys. They're New York guys. They're East Coast guys. But like Dark Order, they're pushing. So why not give them the win? Especially some of the transpired later on in the night. I think they should have gotten that win. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, so well, it, it was a decent tag match. No, 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 no. And let's not. And just because we don't like a certain finish of a match doesn't take away what they did in the ring. I don't want to like try to take that away because I think both teams put their work in. We also had Joey Janela, our guy from New Jersey, pick up a win against Sir Pentago. This is a win that Joey Janela needed. 
especially after the loss to Chris Jericho earlier this week. And, you know, Joey Janela's my guy, so I'm always happy to see my guy take the win. We haven't talked in a while when it comes to, like, wrestling-wise. Let's take away for a quick second what you witnessed tonight when it comes to All Out. So, like, let's say it's Wednesday. Let's say All Out didn't happen yet. Me and Leo had the conversation in our last episode that while I think All Out was going to be a good show, we felt like it was underwhelming compared to All Out last year and the first All In. I want to kind of get your opinion and your thoughts on, do you feel like it was an underwhelming card compared to all out last year and all in. Yeah, I, I agree. As much as they tried to build the the MJF Moxley, it didn't have that must seem kind of feel to it. It just didn't, you know. Um, in the Mimosa match, because we didn't know what it really was, I feel like it was kind of like uh, it just it was a lot of the unknown, right? Uh, I think there was, you know, the Britt Baker, uh, Big Swole tooth match. And then I was actually expecting, you know, the Matt Hardy-Sammy match to be like a cinematic match at the Hardy compound or something like that, being that it's a broken rules match. But um, I don't I don't know, man. I, it didn't have that, that musty feel. Like, I don't, like, say COVID never happened. I don't know if people would have been traveling as much this Labor Day weekend to go see that card. Well, but I think I think if COVID would have been a thing, I think we would have probably seen a different card. I had this conversation with Leo last week, and I also had this conversation with our homies, the Russ friends. You know, take COVID aside, I think Double or Nothing looked like a bigger show compared to this year's All Out. Yeah, I could agree with that, and I feel like that double or nothing was kind of thrown together on the on a last minute whim. Where it's this one, they had a lot of time to build. It just didn't come together like a must see show. I was honestly like almost thinking to myself, like, do I even want to spend the money to watch this? But I was like, nah, I got I got to support, and you know what I mean. Like, this is an opportunity to do a podcast too. Right. So like, let me let me watch it. You know what I mean? Had I not be been invested in it, like I am, like if I was just like a casual fan, man. I don't know if I would have shelled out the money for this card. You know, it just it just didn't have that that blood feud feel. Well, I will, some of the other cards in the past have felt like. I was telling you privately, like I don't see this show making it in our top ten of twenty twenty pay per views of the year. I I don't see it, and that's not. I'm not saying that I hated this show because it wasn't that I was entertained by this show. But they started the show with the tooth and nail match. Yes. Between um Britt Baker and Big Swole. I think that was a mistake. I think they should have put that in the middle of the show or maybe right before the main event. Yeah. I, and with fans being in the arena, I, I feel like that was a mistake. Because that, for the most part, took place not in front of the fans, but in the backstage area, you know, in like a dentist office situation, which... I don't know, man. I, I wasn't a fan of the match at all. I didn't like it, man. I didn't like it. It was sloppy. It was hokey. You know what I mean? I, and you know, I love campy shit, but like, man, I was not digging this shit at all. I, I feel like if you have fans in the arena, take advantage of that. Do the Battle Royal first. Why not? You know what I mean? Get all those people out there. You know, let them see everybody that they paid to see. Get them hyped. I feel like with the fans 
not being as invested in some of the matches and even some of the better matches like the tag match down the line which we'll talk about it took away from it you know what i mean like when you're watching an aew pay-per-view part of the part of the ambiance is the fans you right. know and you right. got them back now you're actually allowed to have you know 15 percent of them back so let's get them hyped let's get them invested let's get the, the blood pumping let's get them loud you know we didn't really see that until Orange Cassidy and Jericho came out, you know, you could have even started the damn pay per view with that. Why not? You know, do a WWE uh, route and start with one of the co main events and just throw it out there to get everybody hyped up. We've seen it happen before with WWE, so I don't know. Well, you know, it, well, they're still brand new, you know, they're only a year old at this point, right? This is, you know, the, the one year anniversary, so. As much as I'm going to criticize them today, they they are still young and they're still learning, and you know they'll hopefully get it together. And honestly, to be honest, with AEW to me, it's been a lot more entertaining than WWE. You know, you but. know, you know what I would have liked if maybe this would have been the first match, but like the second match on the main card, and it would have progressed throughout the night, where. They would start in the dentist's office and somehow find themselves back into the arena, if you will. And that's where they ended the match throughout the night. Maybe, like, it starts like, okay, we would have gotten, like, Jurassic Express or the Young Bucks. That match would have happened. That would have started the show. And then we would have, the second match would have been, like, the first part of this um, Britt Baker and Big Swole match. And then throughout the night, we would have seen it progress, like, right before the main event. They were battling out. For like the last two, three hours. And we would have seen the finish in the middle of the ring. I think that would have been kind of like a better ending. Why you didn't like the match. I did like it. But I think it was misplacement from AEW. I don't think they should have started the show with that. Because originally this was part of the buy-in. And the reason why it was taken away from the buy-in is because... In the day that we're living in now. If you complain on Twitter... Things happen, apparently, right, right. right? So everybody complained about, like, oh, why is Britt Baker and Big Swole part of the buy-in? So they moved it up to the main card. I think the ending of it, I think they could have done something more with it. Like, okay, fine, if you want to put it early in the show, fine, but I don't think you should start the show with that. Like, maybe the second match, and let it, like, play on throughout the night, where we see, like, little clips and, like, little visuals on what's going on between Big Swole and and Britt Baker, like, right before the main event, right? They've been fighting for, like, two hours or whatever, and then we get the final finish. I think that would have been better, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll say one positive thing about it. I um, I predicted Britt was going to win, but Swole won, and I feel like that was the right call. I feel like uh, Swole needed that win. Um, I feel like, as fans that are just watching AEW, that don't know her past. We don't really know that much about her, you know? And I feel like th this win was a good step in the, you know, right direction for her momentum as a character. Right, right. You know, building her up as being a credible threat to Sheeta down the line, which she definitely is and, and can be, you know, once they, they decide to go that route. But, um, yeah, man, like I said, I thought it was terrible. <laughs> Fucking, Listen... Listen, Sam, listen. No, no, no. Sam, let, let me tell you something, Sam. I know you've been away from the show, but when you first got involved with the Lucha Outsiders, I told you, listen, 
Don't apologize. Some of these slap things, they're like, oh my god, this was like... People are going to hate me after this one. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, okay. Um, there was an eight-man tag. So it was Jurassic Express and the Young Bucks versus SCU and um, Private Party. Winners of the match, they would have to face each other at All Out. I feel like for a Young Bucks match, no disrespect to Jurassic Express, but it's very underwhelming. Now, why uh -huh. I'm saying it's very underwhelming is the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers were in a semi-main last year at All Out, okay? Two years ago at All In, they were in big matches, all right? The Young Bucks were in the main event. The Ray Phoenix was in the main event. Pentagon Jr., he was in a, in a big match against Kenny Omega. They were in big matches, and... Both those teams, I want to say there were mediocre matches, but there were matches beneath them. Like, it, it just made no sense to me. Like, the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express felt like a dynamite match. It didn't feel like a pay-per-view match. All right. I, I agree 100%. Um, it goes back to what we were saying earlier, how this pay-per-view didn't feel like a blood feud needed to get settled for a lot of these matches. It was... Pretty much like a dynamite on steroids, if you will. You know, mm -hmm. um, you're right. With it's a good. It was a good match. It was a really good match. Um, the the one thing that I don't like about some of the Jurassic Express uh, matches is because they're so green. A lot of their stuff, it's almost like you anticipate it. You could almost see it before it happens, and they need to snap out of that. I feel like they need to, you know, hit that second gear. You know, a lot of the, the stuff that we see nowadays, it's a lot of spots, especially in AEW. Um, you know, let's try as talent to try and, like, mask that a little bit. I shouldn't be anticipating what you're going to be doing next. I, I shouldn't see it before you do it. You know what I mean? Like, I felt that way while I was watching that match. I don't feel that way when I'm watching, like, Young Burke. Bucks versus the Hardy Boys, or Young Bucks versus, uh, you know, uh, the Lucha Brothers, or, you know what I mean? Like, they'll move fast, and it'll be a spot type of match, but you can't really anticipate it because they're not, they're not green like the, the Jurassic Express, but it was, it was a good match, you know, and, and like you said, it just didn't feel like a blood feud, it didn't feel like a pay-per-view quality match, because what are we settling here? Or are we starting something? Right. It didn't feel. It didn't really feel like it was starting anything. It just kind of felt like, okay, Young Bucks aren't doing anything. Who can we book them with? Uh, Jurassic Express isn't doing anything. Let's put them together and we'll give the, the fans, a, you know, a match. Right. A Young Bucks match. So, it was, it, like it was what it was. Um, you know, a little entertaining filler, but um, yeah, it was just, it's it's. It's a tag match, you know? But, like, that's all I can say. There you go. Well, here's a tag match for 50 bucks. <laughs> so we had that 21-man battle royal. Before we bury it, because we know... <laughs> Before we bury it, compared to the first one we got at Double or Nothing, I do think it was better. I do think the, the battle royal was better. 
But their Joker, which was Matt Seidel, man, listen, I like Matt Seidel. I think he's athletic as hell. I think he's great in the ring. But he will be making it on our top 10 list of congratulations you played yourself. <laughs> I agree with you, bro. I got a Matt Seidel story, actually. You know, my buddy Dave used to date this girl, Danielle. Danielle, um, her uncle is... Uh, the old, the first owner of Ring of Honor. What the hell is his name? The guy that used to come down is and sit by ringside all the time. Is it Carrie? You know what I'm talking about? The first owner of Ring of Honor, the very first one. Yeah. Anyway, are you talking about Carrie Silken? Yes. All right. That's her uncle. Okay. Right. And I can show you. Um, you know, once we get finished with this podcast, because I don't want to like hop up in the middle of my story to go grab it. I still have the badge that I had that day. It said Ring of Honor staff or whatever. So we used to get tickets for free um, because my buddy Dave was dating this this girl or whatever. And, you know, we used to be able to, like, go backstage and, you know, meet the talent and things like that. And this is before the age of, you know, the, the iPhone. You know, this, you know, I had a flip phone back then, so I don't have too many pictures from from back then. You, so. you had a razor. Yeah, yeah, the, you know, those those blurry-ass photos, but this was back in the day, so Matt Seidel was with Ring of Honor back then, and, and him, Delirious, uh, the little midget lumberjack, I forget his name, he used to wrestle for Ring of Honor back in the day, in the back, in the parking lot of the Philadelphia National Guard Armory, while we're going to our car, and they're smoking a doob, right, and, uh, you know, Danielle's saying goodbye to them, because obviously she knows them or whatever and you know what's really funny is fucking delirious k fades us and he was like you know we're like hey all right see you later see you later and then we get to delirious and he goes blah, 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 blah. i'm like what the fuck but yeah like the dude smokes weed obviously he probably was a little fucked up coming out like <laughs> like let me take the edge off came through <laughs> if you watch that video when matt Tidal went for that shooting star press there was no reason why he slipped i honestly think the dude was high Top 10 boxes of all time. That's, yo, it's up there. It's up there with, like, the Shockmaster. Let, like, let's think about this. He draws the Joker card, right? He's the last entrant in this Battle Royal. It's a pay-per-view. It's his AEW debut, right? He comes out, gets on that top rope, and fucking drops on his face. Yeah. I guess his third eye wasn't open. <laughs> Archer ended up picking up the win. He ended up winning the Casino Battle Royale. I think this could lead to a great program. We've seen both of these workers work in New Japan. And if they tell the right story, I think this could be a great main event, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, man. If their match in AEW is anything like their match that they had in New Japan, that, that would be great. And, um... They, they could potentially steal the show at the next paper. So we talked about um, the Casino Battle Royal. Let's talk about Matt Hardy versus Sammy, Sammy G. Our homie Sammy G. Sammy Guevara. This was a weird match. Because, like, on paper, you think, like, there, there's a broken rules match. So you think, like, yo, there's going to be so much craziness. But, man, did Sammy G and Matt Hardy take a crazy bump. Kind of revisiting 
Remember that crazy tag match we got in like the early COVID era dynamites? Remember when we had Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy versus Sammy G and Chris Jericho where they were like literally beating the shit out of each other throughout like Daly's place? Matt Hardy took a bad bump, bro. Um, it yeah. looked really nasty. I'm surprised that they originally stopped the match. But then, obviously, they continued it. Tony Schiavone did go on air later on throughout the night saying that Mount Hardy gave uh, uh, AEW's doctor saying, like, hey, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. But, man, it was such a nasty bump. And in my opinion, I think it was an unnecessary bump, especially that early in the match. And I, I, I just hope Matt Hardy's okay, you know, because he's not as young as Sammy G. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like... I feel like they're a few just like kind of snake bitten, bro. You know, with the 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 box chair shot from a couple of weeks ago, and now this is just like, damn, man. You know, can these guys catch a break together? Um, this match, I feel like had the potential, especially the route that they were going with. You know, this bump that we were talking about, um, and then how we wound up finishing up. I feel like they were going for like that shock value, that like crazy spot like that Shane McMahon party boys you know what I mean right that kind of like craziness type match and man I was scared for Matt when he took that bump because the the color left his face you know if you watch that back he got pale and he didn't move his arms didn't move and listen you know, dude um Rebby Hardy went on a tangent on Twitter you know, and I don't even have Twitter, but like I saw it on my social media, and like rightfully so. I know, I know, Rebby Hardy gets a lot of shit for um, her being very opinionated, but at the same time, you gotta understand, like, yo, she has three kids with Matt. She's a wife at the end of the day. Like, I don't blame her for being concerned and being the way she is. I get it that she's crazy, she's Puerto Rican. I get all that, but like at the end of the day, that's her. That's her man. You know what I'm saying? Like that's her man. To be honest with you, I would have called it a no contest. Because yeah, that was I a that, 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 that was a crazy bump. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that they should have continued with the match, but you know, Matt comes from the old school. You know what I mean? And AEW kind of has a touch of that old school feel. You know, they do allow chair shots to the head. You know, the fact that the simple fact that they let him continue with this match just goes to show you that they have that old school mentality where it's like, okay, you know, they say I can see go. Matt Hardy telling the doctor, like, yo, if you don't let me continue this match, I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah, like, you know, WWE, it would have been a wrap. It would have been scrapped from jump. Um, man, it, it just goes to show you, you know, things could turn left real quick. You know, it's funny when you were like, oh, Rabbi Hardy's crazy, she's Puerto Rican, Gabby's actually in the room right now, she looked up and was like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? She's a little crazy too, yo, <laughs> Spanish women in general, y'all crazy. Listen, that's a fact, it's it's a given already. That's not an insult, that's, if anything, I, I, I'm bigging you up, that's what I'm doing. I, I'm, listen, I'm putting you over, that's what I'm doing. <laughs>
they should have went a different route with this, and would it would have been beneficial for everybody involved if they would have did a cinematic type party compound situation where it's a broken rules match. Well, why don't we see broken Matt Hardy at the compound? You know what I mean? Like the chair shot to the head kind of like set him off and turned him back into broken Matt, and that's you know. You know, for a, a match that got cut so short, the pay per view did last a long time. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. What was uh, what was the next match on on, on the list? I had not so, hard time recalling. So this is a match that I was really really invested in. Um, Hikaru Shida defending the women's championship against Thunder Rosa. I was really into this match. You know, I'm gonna go on a limb here when it comes to wrestling match of the night. When it comes to a wrestling standpoint, I was really into this match. I'm a big fan of Thunder Rosa, Latina, you know, Viva La Raza, NWA Women's Champion. Hikaru Shida did go over. She retained the AEW Women's Championship, but man, this didn't hurt Thunder Rosa at all. And I did a post on our Lucha Outsiders page, and I'm like, I think AEW needs to work out a deal with NWA. Where they signed Thunder Rosa, where she could defend the NWA Women's Championship, finish out her contract in NWA, and then just be a full-time competitor at AEW. I'm a big fan of Thunder Rosa, and I think this is what AEW needs. Yeah, yeah, she's got a presence about her. You know, I didn't really get into the NWA like you and Leo did. So this was like my first, you know, encounter with Thunder Rosa. You know, I've obviously seen her on Instagram and heard her on podcasts you know, and things like that, but um, this is my first time watching a, a full match of hers, and man, she's really, really good, she's definitely got that presence, that hit factor, if you will, you know, she comes off as a credible threat to any championship in the, in the women's division, you know what I mean, so I totally agree with you, I, I, I think that they should sign her, um, this was a good match, I just feel like, uh, man, it was hard for them, to follow up that weird Sammy Matt situation, I feel like the fans weren't as invested as they probably could have been or or should have been because they were kind of taken aback about that whole Matt and Sammy thing. Kind of like, what the hell did we just see? Is Matt right. okay? Kind of deal, you know. But um, yeah, man, it was it was uh, it was a good match. It was probably the best women's match that I've seen in AEW so far. Um, I think that they will figure something out with her down the line, you know, especially with NWA kind of like in this like weird, what's the word I'm looking for? Like fucking purgatory situation. They're, they're, like, they're in limbo. Right. Where they're like, they're almost going to do like the old TNA thing where you got to like pay to watch their pay-per-view or whatever. Yeah, they're doing, um, they're hooking up with this network called UWN or something. It's based on the California. I might actually invest in that because like, I know that they're struggling, you know, and I feel like I, you know, as a wrestling fan, I want to kind of give back to some of these wrestling organizations. That's why, like, I always on the podcast, I always like, yo, support your independent, not like, don't just support like these big wrestling companies, but like support your independents, like GCW and etc. and etc. So I actually might they they have a deal. I think it's like the first four episodes. Each episode is supposed to be like two hours. I think like for the first four episodes, I think it's like twenty bucks, which isn't a bad deal. I. Think I think I, I might like invest in that. I really do believe in the NWA product. I think before COVID, what they were giving us some power. Like I said, I've said it in many podcasts before. That was my favorite wrestling show of the week. I was glued into the NWA because it had like a mixture of the old school 
and the new school. So um, I'm hoping that NWA could bounce back from this. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I might. We'll see. We'll see how how it goes. I've been like struggling to even catch up with you know wrestling that I watch now with like you know SmackDown, Raw, and AEW. So we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? If I have I have a break and you know gonna be able to watch some NWA, I, man, I just haven't been able to keep up with all the product, bro. I just have been nuts. Relax, Sam. You don't gotta you don't gotta explain anything, bro. We're covering all out. And then eventually we'll all get the gang back together. We'll get Leo in here. And Leo's probably going to piss you off or say something slick to you. And you're going to say something back to him. And listen, (laughs) Sam, it's all right, bro. You're here. You're here. We're having a conversation. This is what we do. (laughs) Yeah, I I miss that Shrek-looking motherfucker. (laughs) All right, all right. I love you, Leo. All right, all right, all right. I kind of want to get your opinion on this. It was a Dark Order versus the combination of Matt Cardona, Scorpio Sky, and the Natural Nightmares, Dustin Rose, and QT Marshall. So, before we get into this match, we obviously know that Brody Lee captured the TNT Championship. I want to hear your thoughts before we get into this match. Man, if if we're going to rewind all the way back to then, I'll tell you what, I was hyped. I was like, yo, this is the right call. The Dark Order feels like, you know, like a faction that could be, you know, a, a serious situation. Like, they they feel like they they could be one of the better, you know, like almost like a, a recall to the, to the Ministry of Darkness. You know what I mean? If they could do it the right way, right? So I'm like, oh, this is great. Come tonight, after the tag team match, you know, private party winning, and now the the nightmare, whatever the hell. Okay, are they telling another story with Cole Cabana now? Is Cole Cabana going to take the title off of Brody Lee down the line? Like, isn't that kind of like soon? I feel like they're kind of like jumping the gun. They're not even letting Dark Order get the momentum that they could potentially have and could potentially be one of their top heel factions. You know what I mean? Because right now, they don't have that. They don't have... I will say MJF. MJF, right? But he's like a swarmy chicken shit heel that has like a you know bodyguard manager. They need a legit threat. A heel that you're like, uh-oh. You know, you don't... It's like you hate them because they're always winning. Kind of like what WWE's going to start doing with Roman. Remember, like I said, they could be like Ministry of Darkness to Jace. Remember in, in the Attitude Era when Undertaker was playing heel and he had that whole ministry situation. They could potentially do that again in AEW with this Dark Order and Brody Lee character. Right, right, right. But right. it's just not, It's I don't know where they're going. And, you know, a lot of the times we tell people to just let it breathe and let it happen. I'm a little frustrated. It's been a year with this fucking so, uh, you know, let's be honest here. One of our biggest nitpicks when it comes to AEW is the fact that they always depend on ex-WWE talent. Not saying that Brody Lee doesn't deserve a TNT championship or a world title. I like Brody Lee. I think he's an amazing talent. I think he's doing a great job right now with the TNT championship. But I kind of feel like at the time, maybe they could have went a different direction to get to the point that we are right now. I get it, but at the same time, it's like, man, we need to get the stigma out of there. 
We need All to get right. the stigma out of AEW. Always depending on ex-WWE talent. Yeah, and going back to what you said about them leaning on WWE guys, who got the pin tonight? Fucking Dustin. Yep. You know, it could have been Scorpio Sky that got that pin tonight. Yep. You know, or even, I can't stand this guy, QT Marshall. This fucking guy's repug. Repug, bro. Have you seen that promo on the road to All Out? That was like, oh, Cody watches what I wear. QT Marshall's terrible, bro. He's fucking terrible. <laughs> I can't believe, oh my god, I got this job pushing papers and then I did the work. Man, fuck you, QT Marshall. Yo, why are you hating on QT Marshall, bro? Because he's, he's trash, bro. He's trash. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thinking about it, they could have gave him the, the pen, they could have gave fucking Scorpio Sky, but no, they went with Dustin. You know, they they went with Goldust or whatever, and now we're going to see Dustin versus... Uh, you know, Brody, um, this, this upcoming week, you know what I mean? Um, I'm not a big fan of like this whole nightmare crew. Uh, like the, the night, the nightmare, the nightmare family. Right. The nightmare family, like, um, like they're good guys, but they do heel stuff. And now they're like painting Cody as like some like crazy fucking like overbearing, like, like in that promo that QT Marshall cut on that, uh, road to all out. Cody came off as, like, an abusive boyfriend. I was like, what the fuck? What is going on here? What story are they trying to tell here? Um, going back to the match, and the match was okay for an eight-man tag. Eight-man tags aren't, like, you know, they're, they're, they're an attraction match. They're not, like, anything that's supposed to be, you know, um, you know, Briscoe and Funk or uh, Bret Hart and, and Stone Cold or anything like that. You know, it's a little attraction match to get everybody on the car, get everybody a payday, whatever, whatever. Uh, it was what it was. It, it started some some story between Cole Cabana and uh, and Brody Lee, um, which, like I said, uh, I'm cool with. But I feel like they could have let this breathe a little bit longer. I feel like they could have built the Dark Order up and made them feel like a legit threat. Uh, you know, when they come on your TV screen, you're like, uh oh, here comes trouble. You know what I mean? And now they just feel like fucking joke again. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, they just um, feel like they fucking, like, they can't get their shit together. I, the way I look at it, when Cody returns, I think we're going to get, like, a Cody heel turn. I think this is going to lead to, like, a, a potential Four Horsemen-esque group. Because think about it. When Cody got attacked by the Dark Order after he lost the TNT Championship, the only people that came out was the Nightmare family. Where was the Elite? There was no Young Bucks. There was no Kenny Omega. There was no Adam Page. So this is going to like draw him to like a potential heel turn. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is like the beginning of a Four Horsemen-esque group. Yeah. Did you peep on the back of uh, Tully Blanchard's jacket? He had like a red jacket a la J.J. Dillon. And on the back it had two horses. Yes. And it said like I, Revolution or whatever. Yes. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty dope. I like that. Fear the revelation. Yeah, that's it. The Dark Order and the Cabana situation. I think we're going to get Cabana somehow like saying fuck you to the Dark Order and challenging Brody Lee for the TNT Championship. Brody Lee needs to go over. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to see Brody Lee get like a long run with the TNT Championship. You know? Yeah, ab absolutely. Because if it gets cut short... Even if it gets cut short on some goofy shit, like something Colt does or uh, Evil Uno or whatever, it's going to make him look bad. And right now, he's one of the most credible heels in the company. If you cut that short, 
like if it's not the right time, he's just gonna look like a fucking doofus, and he's not gonna it's not gonna hold any weight. You book him in a match, and it's gonna be like, oh yeah, this guy, this fucking guy, next WWE guy that keeps getting buried. You know what I mean? Like this is the best the Dark Order has looked. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's why I was disappointed the way they got booked tonight. But you know, we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see where it goes. Like tonight, it was kind of less eight-man tag, whatever. (laughs) Fucking Dustin wins. Didn't feel like a pay-per-view tonight. It felt like more like a class of champions, WCW. Bro, it was dynamite on steroids. It was a dynamite on steroids, pretty much what it was, because we got we got you know a, a, a championship match, which we've seen on dynamite before. But you know, we got a couple of the the gimmick matches. We got the mimosa match, and you know, we got a big. We got a big uh, title change, you know, that that personally was my favorite match. Is that the next match that we're talking about, the so, tag match? Is that so next? We're, right now we're talking about FTR challenging Kenny Omega and Hangman Page for the AEW Tag Team Championships. I thought this match was good. I don't think it was great, and FTR went over. I think it was the right call. After the match, we seen Kenny Omega storm out, pissed off, talking to the Bucks, because they're the only elite members at this point. There's no Hangman Page. There's no Cody Rhodes. The only elite members is Kenny and Bucks, and Kenny stormed out, pissed off, and he went into a car and was like, you need to come with me, or if not, like, it is what it is, so he gave, like, the Bucks an ultimatum, so after I watched that, and this is something that's been sitting with me for a couple weeks now, give or take, if Kenny Omega just kind of disappears for a while and, go- and does the G1 in New Japan, he returns to New Japan, he becomes a cleaner again, and then he comes back and he challenges for the world title in AEW, I think it would be awesome, it would be a great story. I think whether he returns to New Japan or not, we're going to get the return of the cleaner, Kenny Omega. Back to this match. I thought this match was good. I don't think it was great. And I think the right team went over. Yeah, I'll agree with you. It, it, it wasn't as good as the Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega and, uh, and Hangman. But it, it was it was really it was a really good match. This was my personal favorite match uh, on the card tonight. I enjoyed it. I, I really like to see uh, FTR go over. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like in AEW, there's a little too much of the false finish. I feel like sometimes their matches go a little too long, too many people kicking at it, uh, finishing moves or whatever. That's my only critique of the match. Um, you know, and, and that could be said for almost every fucking match on a card, but that would be that would be my biggest critique of the match. Uh, and I... I agree with you. I think we're gonna. I think everybody was at first seeing Hangman starting to go down that heel route, and then it's like, no, nah, this guy gets cheered. This guy's got people screaming cowboy shit and all kinds of merch flying off, and he, you know, he's a heartthrob. Girls love him or whatever. So it would make sense for Kenny to be the one coming back and, and turning heel. So um, as for the New Japan thing, man, that's that's wishful thinking. I would love to see that, but I don't, I don't, I don't think it's gonna happen. Um, from what I've heard, you know, things could have been, uh, you know, eased over by now, but I think there were some hurt feelings, some, you know, I don't know when they all left or whatever. So, uh, you know, if they were, if they were smart, they would get over that shit put egos aside and make money because the AEW and New Japan collab, I think that's every wrestling fans like wet dream right there. I mean, that would be fucking dope. It is it is what it is, bro. But yeah, I was, you know, I'm excited to see FTR with the tag titles, and hopefully this will lead to some more legit 
tag teams getting a shot. I would love to see the Lucha Brothers go after the tag titles now. You know what I mean? Um, Proud and powerful. Priority. Yeah, you know, they have a, a fucking stacked, stacked uh, tag division. I would love to see LAX get a shot at, you know, right. uh, you know the revival. I think that's a that's a little bit of a dream match right there because we haven't seen that yet, right? No, I don't, we I don't haven't. Recall we that haven't. So, um, you know, there's a lot of potential for, you know, mat- new matchups down the line. So, you know, I think everything uh, worked out with, with this with this uh, long story. It took a long time. This was almost like, what, the beginning of May? Well, when was the last Jericho Cruise when they won the tag titles? Um, it was like in early January, I think, like right, like right after Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. So this has been a long, long story, and you know I appreciate that. So let's see where where it takes Kenny as a, as a character, and you know I think this is gonna get Hangman down the line. This could potentially get Hangman to that that level that they need him at to maybe be the top baby face in the company. I definitely want to praise Heyman Page because he changes tights. Like, he went with the long tights, the pants, and I think he looks even more of a badass with the long tights instead of the briefs. Uh, I'm big on tight. I think this is a great look for a Heyman Page. I think he looks more of a badass. Yeah, JR even made a comment. He's like, the boys always save the best tights for the paper reviews. <laughs> He's like, that's good stuff right there. You, <laughs> you like, let me let me JR. let me share this with you before we get into the main event. So I actually bought JR's hot barbecue sauce and uh, chipotle ketchup and it came in the mail today. Oh yeah, did you try it? I tried it. it. The chipotle ketchup is amazing. The hot barbecue sauce is great, especially with chicken. Yeah man, that ketchup that that's my shit. The ketchup is awesome bro. I love that ketchup. Because you know what it is you know what it is? It doesn't taste like ketchup. It feels like a different sauce. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's exactly right. Ketchup is like misleading. You know what I mean? Because like ketchup, it, ketchup has like a tangy taste, and that's not what the chipotle ketchup is. Yeah, it's it's more of like a chipotle sauce. Right. That's what. That's right. pretty much what he should be billing it as. Uh, but you know, there's probably some tomatoes in there. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. All right, let's get into the um, main event. Obviously, they did do a, a promo package for Full Gear. I think it's like November 7th or 9th, one of those dates. They did announce where it's going to be at. I'm assuming based on this pandemic and the coronavirus and all this other bullshit, it's probably be in Florida, but um, they, uh-huh. did run, they did run a promo package for Full Gear. Um, let's talk about MJF and John Moxley. The last Dynamite didn't happen, I would have told you, yo, MJF is winning this match. But the fact that the last Dynamite, MJF, like, beat the snot out of John Moxley, I'm like, yo, John is winning. The match was good. I, I enjoyed the match. Like, they they legit beat the garbage out of each other. Like, they busted each other open the hard way. I think a lot of people forget that. Yo, both of these guys kind of came from the same boat. Yes, MJF portrays himself as like this rich snob. Moxley's more of the blue-collar worker. They both came from CZW. So, Moxley winning? I didn't hate it. I know some people might get like pissed off because of that. Because they're like, oh, MJF should have won. I think MJF's going to get his moment at some point. But I think the story they're telling right now is... The collision between MJF and Warlow, not necessarily MJF capturing that world title. I'm kind of fast forwarding here. 
I think if anyone needs to take that world title from John Moxley, it needs to be Kenny Omega. I don't see yeah. I don't see anyone else in that roster taking that title away from John Moxley than Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega needs to cash in that receipt. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. I can definitely see that. And, and then we need to start seeing some of those Kenny Omega New Japan matches as he re, you know retains that title, and and he should hold it for a while. But um, man, I'll go out on a limb and say this is MJF's best match of his career. I agree. This is M- I, I think agree. if uh, like down the line, you know how like WWE used to come out with like those DVDs that like chronicle go through uh, the career of like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, like if. MJF had a DVD made, like, if AEW were to do that, this match would be on there. This is, I feel like this is his first breakout performance in the ring, because he's had a ton on the mic, but in the ring, man, the, the kid fucking, he took an ass whooping tonight, like Mario said, they got busted open, um... Man, I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed it, you know, and I sat there and watched it with my son, and he was... He was freaking out when um, uh, Moxley, I almost called him Ambrose, Moxley bit uh, the open wound on, on MJF's head and he saw all the blood all over his face. I mean, like, Moxley's a nut, man. I, I love this whole, like, crazy fucking, you know, way that he wrestles. You know, it's, it's, it's a nice little breath of fresh air after, you know, being so squeaky clean over there in the E for so long. Um, man. It was a good match, uh, and like you said, like they're they're continuously doing this story where Warlow keeps fucking up and costing MJF, you know, title ma- like not title match, but just matches in general, you know. And you know, it doesn't feel like the. I felt like at first they were gonna build almost like a Triple H Batista type storyline with those two, but it doesn't feel that way. Different, like you're almost like, God damn it, Warlow, get your shit together bro I, I think doing like a long build for it whenever the turn does happen Warlow's gonna be the face and MJF obviously he's gonna be the heel right right um right now bro that's what I'm saying like right now I don't feel like I like Warlow like when Batista finally turned face right on that raw we go it was like an iconic raw you know he throws those thumbs up and then he throws them down and he throws the fucking contract or whatever um man we were I feel like we were just, as a fan base, just wanting Batista to turn. And right now, I just look at Warlow like, damn, bro, get your shit together, bro. You keep fucking MJF shit. <laughs> yeah, but what's going to happen is where MJF is going to keep blaming his misfortune on Warlow, where you're going to want to see Warlow snap. And when Warlow right. does snap, you know, now that we're getting some type of, like, crowd in Jacksonville, you're going to hear that pop. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Did we talk about the Jericho Mimosa match? Oh, we actually didn't talk about that. So let's talk about that now. Uh, I talked about this on the podcast previously. <laughs> this has Vince Russo written all over it. <laughs> I'm not going to say that I was a fan of it. But for what it was, I thought it was okay. I don't think it was great. Parts of it was stupid. It was. It wasn't even like mimosa and like bubbly. It was like tang. You could have just done like a last man standing match or like, I don't know, like an I quit match or like maybe, hey, a first blood match. I don't give a shit what you do, 
But like the whole like Mimosa Mayhem match, I love Jericho. I just was not into the match like that. I don't want to say that it was a terrible match because I don't think it was terrible. I just think it was unnecessary. If there's any word there, it was an unnecessary match. It was very Vince Russo, WCW 99-2000. I wasn't into it, man. I wasn't into it. This is the type of things I think AEW needs to stay away from. Yeah, I agree 100%, man. When, when it got announced, I was like, what the fuck is a mimosa mayhem mess? And I'm thinking, like, are they going to put, like, orange juice and bubbly on a on a fucking pole in the first person and make a mimosa as the winner or some shit? But now that I saw what it was, they, they like you said, Tang, Sunny D, I don't know what it was, but it definitely... <laughs> It was something. It was orange something or whatever. I don't know. But uh, now that I see what it was, I mean, I, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. But it was It was very, like, it was very, like, hokey. Like, the whole, like, oh, am I going to fall into the, into the vat of fucking orange juice? Like, <laughs> oh, oh, I'm almost teetering at the thing. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of a tables match. You know what I mean? I'm never, like, a huge fan of tables matches, per se, but it reminds me of a, a, a worse version of a tables match, because at least in a, in a tables match, you can move the table around. It was it was very Judy Bagwell on a pole match. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't a good idea. You know, God bless Jericho, you know, he's given us years of entertainment. And, yeah, and listen, I don't, I don't want to even blame it all on Jericho. I just don't think that this was a great pay-per-view. It was an okay, enjoyable show. I think Double or Nothing, back in May, Double or Nothing shitted on this pay-per-view. Double or Nothing was a great pay-per-view even during the COVID era. Double or Nothing, with less fans, was a better show than what we got tonight. I don't yeah. think All Out lived up to the hype. And it's okay. It happens. Not every WrestleMania is great. It's not. Mm. I've been to WrestleManias that haven't been that good. WrestleMania 32. It was trash. I was there. This All Out was not that great. It was even before it happened. I said it was beneath All Out last year. And it was beneath All In. Nah, this might be one of the more forgettable AEW shows. But you know it was what it was. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it for what it was. You know, there was some gems in there, like uh, the the women's championship match and the tag match. Uh, you know, the, I'm talking about the tag team championship match, um, not the fucking eight man tag. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's just gonna go down as one of those meh shows. That's the only way I could describe it. Meh. You know, it it was what it was. But other than that, man. Uh, that's all I, I got for you tonight, man. It's getting kind of late. Do you want to wrap this thing up, brother? Yeah, let's, um, give me your plugs and. Yeah, man, um, I honestly don't have any, uh, any plugs besides following me at Sammy Suplex on all social media accounts. I just started a, a Reddit. I don't know if I'm going to do anything with that. I might start a subreddit, maybe talk about wrestling. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, if I get enough people, you know, to... You know, DM me and say it's a good idea. Then I might go ahead and do that. Um, like I said, follow me at Sammy Suplex on uh, everywhere, man. Even on PlayStation Network. I mean, if you look up Sammy Suplex on a on a platform, that's me. I have I have the name. So, man, it was good coming back. Good being back on the show. Even though you know, All Out wasn't as you know. I feel like it could have been so much better, but 
know, like, it, it is what it is. It's all right, know. Sam. You know what? I love the fact that you're back and you're somehow trying to turn this into a positive. Yeah, it's Labor Day, you know? Get drunk. <laughs> Have fun. All right. Uh, bar- well, barbecue. Well, listen. Eat some, eat some Jr's chicken. This is this is why you're the good guy on the show, and I'm the piece of garbage on the show. Cause I'm not gonna be as positive. Let me let me. Uh, I do love the fact that you're back on the show. I miss you, bud. I miss your positivity on our show. Cause you know you kind of balance everything out. Hopefully by next week we'll we'll reunite. I, I do want to address a couple of things. Um, if you're one of these people that are starting a new page, like listen, start it the right way. Don't be desperate. Don't be, um, don't be uh like digging for people to follow you. No, we got some people stealing our posts again. Yeah, you know what? You, off, you know what that. it is, Sam. When we started the Lucha Outsiders, right? The podcast, the page, or whatever. It was humbling beginnings. We didn't have like a thousand followers or anything like that. Try to figure out what was our show. Like, we try to figure out what was our niche. Some pages are strictly just for WWE. Some pages are strictly all about wrestling. Some pages are strictly just for Japan content, which is fine. But when you're falsely advertising your page as like, we're covering all wrestling, but you're only covering certain things, figure out your niche. Don't take people's content. That's all I got to say about that. And I don't give a shit if you get offended or not. Yeah, well, I, I'll say this. I don't like when people steal our content. I, I see that sometimes. I just, I'll just be like, what the fuck, bro? Because it's literally word for word sometimes. You know what I mean? Uh... Y'all must have ain't been shit in school, bro. You can't copy the fucking textbook straight out the textbook. Switch some fucking words up, you know what I mean? Make it your own, you know. It's going to get to a point where we're going to have to start watermarking everything. I'm trying to say is find your niche. If you're not about something, don't act like you're about something, all right? That's that's about it, guys. Um, This has been the Lucha Outsider Show, the all-out recap special. Make sure if... Do not follow us. Make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure you follow Sammy Suplex everywhere. You can find me at Rated R since 87. Till next time, keep Rated R and stay too sweet. Goodbye. And good night, Ben. <laughs>